Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Lindsay Steffen, a therapist at Wellspring and the host for today's show on family enmeshment. So I'm here with one of our awesome therapists, Gabriela Zelaya. Did I say your name right? Please tell me yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm so happy she's here today. She was once an intern with us. Now she's a full-time staff and um, we, we love having her on board. So yeah, why don't you tell us just a little bit about the work you do with Wellspring now? Sure. So um, you already introduced me. My name is Gabriela Zelaya. Um, and so happy to be a therapist here with Wellspring. Um, I focus mostly on individual treatment for adults, college students, and adolescents who are dealing with unresolved trauma, as well as varying mental health concerns. Okay, awesome. Yes. And I actually I got to work with her son through internship, get to know her. And I was very happy when she was hired. She's been an amazing asset. And I know you have you've worked with, you know, adults, teens, families. So talking about family enmeshment, I think that's a great thing you can give us some expert information on today. So uh, let's just start with the definition. Some of our listeners maybe haven't heard about enmeshment. So how would you define family enmeshment? So family enmeshment is when we have unclear boundaries in our families. Um, so these boundaries are not well defined or understood by the family members. Um, but it, it extends beyond just having murky boundaries um, and, you know, even goes as far into uh, when parents and caregivers try to actually know and control their children's um, thoughts and feelings. So, you know, as we, as we know, it's impossible to actually control what someone else is thinking or feeling. Um, but this can end up just even making it harder for the child to develop their own sense of self, regulate their emotions, and just be able to, you know, engage with family members and friends in a healthy way. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So again, kind of, I like the statement. So parents or caregivers, they don't actually know their child's thoughts or feelings and they don't really validate them. They actually might do the opposite and try to control them or tell them how they feel or no, you don't feel that. Um, no, why, why do you feel that way? Kind of questioning even. Um, and I think our thoughts and feelings, they are just automatic. We actually, we can't control them either to a degree. Sometimes we can learn some CBT skills and we can reframe a thought or, um, you know, have different thoughts. So we have different emotional outcomes, but I, I might get a thought that I don't want and it, but it comes and then I figure out what to do with it. It's okay for your kids to think or feel anything. There's no wrong thought or emotion. Again, it's what, what do I do with it? What's the action or the behavior that comes? So, okay. So these families, they just basically don't allow for that. Right. There's no room for anything that doesn't really fit the family mold or expectation. Yeah. I've had some clients like that where sometimes if we have maybe an anxious mom or dad and they can't deal with our negative emotions, maybe the child says, Hey, I'm scared. And the mom, she maybe doesn't want to deal with her child being scared. It makes her anxious. So she's like, no, you're fine. Don't worry. You're okay. And so just kind of you know, being like, no, we're, we're not going there. And it's not even unloving sometimes. It's just more like, I don't know what to do with that. And so we're just kind of going to brush it under the rug instead of exploring, well, why are you scared? Or what are you thinking? What's going on? Did something happen that scared you? So it's more like we can't deal with it. Yeah. 
Okay. So what, what would be some signs of enmeshment? You know, maybe if someone's listening and they're like, huh, this could be my family, but what would be some kind of key characteristics they could look for? Yeah, so usually some telltale signs of, you know, family enmeshment, um, you know, is when the children are discouraged from having any relationships outside of the home. So outside of that nuclear family, right, we don't, you know, spill our secrets to anyone else or confide in anyone else outside the family. Um, okay. So that that's a big thing. Um, besides that, I would say also just your support system, all your support should stem from inside the family home and not from anyone else, right? Oh. So you're, you're expected to look to your family for validation, for support and not seek that anywhere else. I can see that with some clients who their parents are actually mad at them when they go to therapy. It's like, well, why do you need to talk to someone else and pay someone like talk to me? <laughs> and usually it's probably some of the family stuff that they're needing to talk about and of course aren't comfortable to. Um, but it's, yeah, the kind of this rule, like you don't need people outside the family, which family support is amazing. I have a high value for family. I think that Ideally, it's one of your biggest supports, but if the family's not healthy, it might not be. And also, it's just normal to have friendships, have other community um, that's very healthy for people, for single people, married people. You need kind of that support system of, you know, these are my soccer friends. These are my church friends. You know, I do this with my family every Sunday night, and that's okay. It doesn't need to just be a little bubble. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's almost seen as like a form of betrayal right? Mm -hmm. To go outside and, you know, how can you do this to me, confide in someone else, share these things that are just meant for the family, right? So yeah, uh, I think it's just healthy to note that, you know, it is healthy to have those outside friends and even extended family members that you can speak to and, and, you know, hang out with and, and have outside of that, you know, bubble, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and just another um, big thing too, is when it comes to boundaries, right? A lack of privacy, between parents and children. Um, so I don't know if you want to go into that a little bit, you know, just kind of how that lack of privacy affects family dynamics. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I have many clients kind of flash toward or through my mind. But yeah, maybe they tell their parents something in confidence. And then they find out, oh, like Tia Beta also is talking about it and the neighbor and whoever. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I told you this not to share and it's kind of like there's no no privacy no boundary and no acknowledgement especially as a kid that you're allowed to have privacy sometimes it's like well you're a kid and I'm an adult I can talk about what I want but maybe I told you something and I really didn't if I wanted to tell my aunt I would call her and tell her so I think that really breaks that trust and that's when kids stop talking to their parents because they say if I tell mom or dad uh, five other people are going to know in the same day. And I don't want that. This is personal. Yeah, And then, you know, that panic kind of sets in for the parents at some point of, you know, why isn't my child talking to me? What's yeah. going on? And, you know, it's, is it even a safe place for them to be able to talk to you? Right. So I yeah. think that's important to, to keep in mind as well. Yes. So, you know, as, as you mentioned, healthy families, they spend time together, right? They, it's, you want to experience that sense of togetherness and closeness, right? So that that's encouraged, right? I think that it's when you have a healthy family dynamic, there's support of each other's goals, support of each other's desires, right? Um, that unconditional love, right? So it's not 
I'm going to be angry with you if you decide to do something that um, maybe goes against what I want for you, but isn't necessarily a negative thing, right? Because you want to look out for your child's well-being, but um, they may have different interests than you or want different things than you, and that's okay too. Right. Yeah. I think kids, we often, we grow up and have very different goals than our parents had for us. And that's okay. You know, I I think sometimes parents even kind of project their own dreams or what they wish they would have had for their lives onto their kids. And um, that's really not okay. You know, they're their own person and we need to support them with whatever kind of the passion or maybe career choice or or who they date, I think we can always advise and give guidance, but we can't make the decision ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, what about with enmeshment? I know, you know, there is kind of the like lack of privacy and lack of boundaries, but what about almost from parent to child, like them overly relying on their kid? That's a form of enmeshment. So for emotions or as their confidant, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I think that's a big thing too, right? That sometimes parents can, you know, almost feel like they can confide in their children things that maybe aren't appropriate for them to know, right? So things about, you know, their marriage, things about, you know, their own personal lives because of the fact that they don't want to go outside in the home, right? They believe that, you know, you should have this, you know, closeness and togetherness no matter what inside yeah. the family, that it almost just kind of even becomes inappropriate sometimes. Yeah, I see that a lot when parents are having marital problems, you know, like, oh, they say to their kid, I'm so mad at your dad, I'm going to leave him, I'm so sick of this kind of venting. But it's like, they're not your friend, they're not your therapist. that's really inappropriate to bring usually it's marital difficulties honestly that's what I see but that's not appropriate to talk about with your child even if they're older 17 18 that causes them a lot of stress and it puts them in the role of being your caregiver and caring for your emotions and it's really supposed to be the other way maybe as we get older as we become very much independent adult children we can have more of a friendship with parents that's that dynamic changes but while they're young and kind of into their early adult years, figuring out who they are, they should not be your ultimate confidant. That's not appropriate. And for some people listening, they're probably like, oh, wow, that's a surprising thing. You know, I didn't think about that. But your children aren't there to satisfy you emotionally or to give you what you need. You either need that from your friends, your partner, um, your church community, your therapist, Absolutely. I think that that's huge, right? Sometimes we can feel that maybe our kids are responsible for our emotions, but just we have to realize that no one's responsible for our emotions, right? So your children aren't responsible for your emotions. Your partner's not responsible for your emotions. Putting that responsibility on someone else is just unfair. Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, any other characteristics of enmeshed families that we should uh, keep an eye out for? Yeah, so also I think um, children experiencing guilt and they disappoint their parents, right? Okay. So um, the guilt of, hey, I didn't measure up to your expectation that you placed mm-hmm. on me, um, you know, I think that can be really damaging, um, you know, over-involvement in your child's life, especially as an adult, I think. And I think that that's really a cultural thing too, um, okay. you know, especially within our Hispanic community that, you know, even as adults, it's okay to kind of 
overstep certain boundaries in your adult children's lives and realize yeah. that that's not okay. Yeah, just dropping in at any time of the day without a call. Yeah, I hear a lot of these things. And I think it is, it's just kind of, it's a generational and a cultural thing that, um, yeah, sometimes people do want privacy. And some families are like, we're family, there is no privacy, or there are no boundaries. But really, for a healthy functioning system, you do need those boundaries, it actually makes you closer. And I think people fear, oh, boundaries mean we're not close, or we don't rely on people you know, but that's really not true. So we're about to take a short break, but before we do, maybe just give us, you know, what would a healthy family look like ideally? Yeah. So I think healthy families are able to set boundaries without fear that that's going to sever the relationship. Right. So just having confidence, you know, like you were stating that, you know, it's okay to have certain expectations and boundaries and Hey, you know, can I stop by your house and a little bit later today, let me pick up the phone and make sure that's okay. Right. Um, You know, I think it's, we just overcomplicate it sometimes, but it really doesn't have to be, it can really be simple things that we implement. Totally. So yeah, you can have a closeness, a sense of togetherness, but also kind of respect and um, kind of knowing, Hey, you know, does this work for you? Even asking that question, I think we need to say, Hey, is, is our relationship working? Is it okay I know I stop by a lot. Is that okay? Am I interrupting something? I mean, sometimes you're having time with your spouse or you're doing dinner with the kids. It's not a good time. And so you have to have those hard conversations. So, all right. Well, thanks, Gabby. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. I'm Lindsay Stefan with Wellspring on the Air. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Lindsay Steffen. If you're just joining our show, I'm with Gabriella Zelaya, and we're talking about family enmeshment today. So, so far we've talked through just what is enmeshment, um, what are some of the signs of enmeshment. So if you missed the first part of the show, you can look us up on your favorite podcast channel, Wellspring on the Air, or go to our blog page at wellspringmiami.org and just search for this um, title, Family Enmeshment. So let's keep going, Gabby. We have some more info to share with our listeners. Um, Let's talk about what are the effects of enmeshment. So again, you said enmeshment is when there's just a lack of boundaries, um, kind of families overly involved, overly controlling. So what what are the negative effects of enmeshment? So I think just kind of on that note, um, some of the things that you mentioned, right? When families are enmeshed, they tend to take the place of other healthy, normal relationships. Um, right, so enmeshment has to do with manipulation. Um, children can feel manipulated and discouraged from um, pursuing things outside of the home uh, in order to please their parents or caregivers, right? So this often leads to the undesired situation of a failure to launch, you know, which comes into play in adulthood. Um, yeah. So, you know, what is that exactly? Um, you know, a failure to launch is when children are you know, going into adulthood, going into their college years, ill-prepared or discouraged from leaving their family home and establishing independence, Mm -hmm. right? So they often end up experiencing failure in crucial areas of life, such as work, school, and even relationships. Um, Wow. Okay. So, I mean, that's uh, the big areas of life, work, school, and relationships, they don't really thrive. So why would that be? Why would enmeshment cause that outcome? Yeah, well, since the child's usually protected from failure and experiencing 
you know, any sort of discomfort as a child, um, it inhibits them from being able to develop self-regulate, self-regulatory skills, right. um, able to even handle failure as an adult, right? So they're more likely to give up when they do face failure. Um, they mm-hmm. aren't able to build that independence and the self-control necessary to cope with these situations in a healthy manner, right? Because we all are going to experience failure to some degree, right? So it's kind of how do you, how are you going to pick up the pieces after? Um, and it usually just ends up being that they don't even try. Wow. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think sometimes when we really try to protect our kids, we're trying to protect them from uh, negative emotions, difficult circumstances, we're actually hurting them. And we, it's not intentional. We love our kids. So we don't want them to face maybe even hard things that we went through, but by not letting them face hard situations with your support, with your guidance, but letting them work through, what should I do next? Um, what's the next decision? Let me face this hard thing and not avoid it. Let me not just quit the team or whatever the situation we're actually setting them up to learn how to navigate life instead of growing up and being an adult who still needs their mom or dad to fight their battles. That's really not ideal. And, and it doesn't work. We see them not succeed in really that failure to thrive you talked about. Yeah, definitely. You end up just doing your child a disservice actually, right? Which is kind of the opposite of what I think any parent really wants to do. Yeah, of course. So maybe we need to acknowledge that what we see as maybe love and protection is actually hurting them. And so we have to change. Hmm, Let me express my love in a different way. I have to change some things about my parenting style even so I can enable my kid to really be successful in the world. So let's say if you are a parent and you're listening, you're like, oh no, what can I do? Like, how can I undo this? Give us some hope, Gabby. What what can um, really treat this failure to launch? So I think, you know, just coming to the realization that maybe we need to distance ourselves from some unhealthy family dynamics, right? So setting those healthy boundaries, right? Giving your child the space to grow, giving them the chance to fail or succeed on their own, right? And that doesn't mean that you're not going to be there to help them pick up the pieces, but you're going to give them that independence to try and work it out themselves first, right? Yeah. Uh, You know, I think just also the awareness that maybe some of this is cultural and generational, right? Maybe we grew up um, believing that family dynamics needed to be a certain way and just breaking those, you know, intergenerational cycles of just dysfunctional family dynamics, right? Um, Lovingly and firmly, lovingly, but firmly, you know, stating our desires, um, putting it, putting in place a, a plan of action, right? Even with our own families realizing, hey, this isn't healthy. This needs yeah. to change. I'm going to be the one that, you know, breaks this cycle of, an, of unhealthiness that we've been seeing throughout, you know, the past couple generations. Um, yeah. Went to therapy too, to maybe work on some of these things, right? Um, yeah. I think that's key because it's really hard in a meshed family system. It's dysfunctional, but it's very strong in its enmeshment. And so when you're the first one to set a boundary or to break that kind of family system equilibrium, you're going to get a lot of pushback. You're going to, people are going to get mad. People are not going to understand. So I think therapy that kind of gives you some of the education you need on how to deal with it. And then just the support of the therapist to help you navigate it well, because it's hard. You're doing something that maybe no one has done in the family. So it's going to cause some, some waves. 
definitely that initial shock of, hey, you know, what's happening? This hasn't been done before. Yeah, exactly. Well, what are, we always like to bring some statistics into our shows and just, you know, share kind of the research. So let's talk a little bit. What are some stats on enmeshment and failure to launch? Sure. Yeah. So um, some statistics here between 2000 and 2012, 9.8% of young adults never left their parents' home. Wow. Okay. That's pretty high when you think about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And 54.6% of young adults left but returned to reside with their parents. Wow, over half. Okay, that's surprising to me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that is a little surprising. And despite increasing employment rates, the percentage of young adults living with their parents increased from 12% in 2010 to 15% in 2016. Okay, so yeah, it does indicate likely enmeshment. Parents letting kids move back home as a majority, really. And then, you know, wondering why is that happening? Are they just allowing them to kind of, oh, I didn't succeed. Let me move back home. I'm not saying, of course, you leave your kids high and and dry. I don't, you know, support that. But I think it's interesting. Why are less of them successful? Why did they have to return home? And of those that return home, um, in 2016 to live with their parents, the medium, the median length of time spent back in their homes was three years, which is up from two and a half years between 2005 and 2013. So that even time home has increased. Okay. So So interesting that research, I think it, it kind of gives an indicator of how our families are operating and what's maybe even becoming more of a norm to not leave or to come back. And, and I do want to touch again on just the cultural piece. I mean, we're here based in Miami. It's pretty normal because of the high rent and just the cultural component of Latino families to, to live with parents longer than I would say probably other cities in the U.S. So we want to acknowledge that and not necessarily see it as a bad thing. Um, but also just kind of knowing what does your kid want? Is it better for them to go away to college, to move out and live on their own? Or is it working for them to be home and still be an independent adult at home? So if they live at home, you can't treat them like they're 12. They need to do their laundry and prepare food and participate in the family structure as an adult child at home, not as a you know, 14, 15 year old when they're actually 23, 24. So all right thanks gabby well we have just a couple minutes so i'd love to hear if you have anything just what does the bible speak to about this you know we love to pull in some bible verses and share so anything you have that you'd like to give to our audience today definitely so that's definitely our most important and useful source um so just a couple of bible verses to share with you guys first peter um chapter two verses two and three um says like newborn babies crepes pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good Mm. and just to kind of you know go off on that same theme um first Corinthians chapter three verses one through three um says and I brothers and sisters could not speak to you as spiritual people but only as fleshly as to infants in Christ I gave you milk to drink not solid food for you were not yet able to consume it. But even now you're not able, for you are still fleshly. 
For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are you not walking like ordinary people? So we see that even, you know, the Bible tells us that milk was not meant to be a long-term diet, but short-term nourishment to prepare us for spiritual adulthood, right? So it talks about that transition from, you know, infancy into adulthood, right? Yeah, kind of the, the natural stages of life that need to be embraced, both spiritually, physically, emotionally. And yeah, so as a family system, we have to embrace even our kids getting older. And I think that, you know, the piece for enmeshed families is if your kids are your everything, like they are your purpose in life, then you're going to require more from them than they should really give. And so we have to look to the Lord for our purpose. And a huge purpose is being a mother or father, of course, or a caregiver. Maybe if we're an aunt or grandmother taking care of kids, but we do, we have to ultimately know I can't look to them for my happiness and fulfillment. That's when we start to get into this unhealthy enmeshment pattern. So thank you for sharing those scriptures. That's awesome. Well, I guess, Gabby, we'll go ahead and close out the show. Our time is up. It always goes too quickly. But thank you so much, Gabby, for joining today. Um, we, yeah, I love having you. And I hope for our listeners that this was helpful. Um, again, if you joined a little bit late or you missed the first half of the show, go to Wellspring on the Air. That's the channel on the podcast app or go to wellspringmiami.org and you can look up today's show on family enmeshment. Um, also, if you want to reach out to us, we love to hear your questions, comments, um, even just encouragement. So email us at on the air at wellspringmiami.org. We'll definitely um, read through your, your emails and get back to you as well. So it's time to wrap up. This is Lindsay Steffen with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter.